Lord God of the nations, we have seen the star of your glory rising in splendor. The radiance of your incarnate word pierces the darkness that covers the earth and signals the dawn of peace and justice. Make radiant the lives of your people with that same brightness and beckon us, all the nations, to walk as one in your light. We ask this through Jesus Christ, your word made flesh, who lives and reigns with you in union with the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor forever and ever. Listen attentively that Messiah the prophet promises that God will raise our eyes out of the darkness of this world to the light that beams from his beloved, beloved Messiah. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba will come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Despite some opposition in the early church community, Paul insists that it is indeed God's will to save foreign nations by the love of the Messiah. In Christ Jesus, there is no us and them, just us. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Brothers and sisters, Surely you have already heard of the commission of God's grace that was given me for you and how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Listen to this reading. It comes from the gospel according to Matthew. Lord, you, Lord. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, 
Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet Micah. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. When Herod Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then Herod sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me the word so that I, too, may go and give him homage. When the wise men heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen in its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, They were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Gospel of the Lord. When I got up to sing the Gospel, Alleluia, I couldn't move because well, I stepped on my vestment. And Father Baker, who is always helpful to me, says, you should wear a mini dress. <laughs> the Feast of the Epiphany, that experience, the manifestation of God, the, the story is a story that if you promise not to tell anybody, is a myth. And a myth is a story that the facts are not all there, 
But there's truth to the story. All the stuff. Do you you know, what were the names of the three wise men? Do you know? Call it out. Right. Casper, Melchior, and Baltazar. You know that the one, the, the last one, what gift is he carrying for the child? Myrrh. The other wise men who had wonderful senses of humor used to call him Murray. Oh, yeah, you kind of groan now, but you'll be telling your friends. If you look at the story in Matthew's gospel, there's no real numbering of the wise men, the astrologers who come to give homage to the newborn king. We've always said that there were three of them. In fact, we made up names for them. By the way, Murray was a made-up nickname. That wasn't his real nickname. We call them the three wise men because of the gifts they bring. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Three important gifts, three people to bring the gifts to the newborn Savior King. There are at least two really important truths in the story of the Epiphany. The first important story, the first important truth in the story is that these wise men traveled from afar. They were not fellow brother and sister Jewish people. They came from foreign lands. If you look at the statues in the crest, you'll you'll notice even that the one guy, we'll call him Charlie, is old and he has a white beard and white hair. The middle guy is kind of young and strong. And then the third guy is a black man. Part of the truth of the story of the epiphany is that God's saving love in Jesus Christ is for everybody. Not just for Jewish believers, but for all people in the world who hunger, who search for, who who need the salvation and the love of God. The other truth in the story, the truth about Jesus. What do we learn about Jesus from the story? Well, we look at the gifts. They gave him gold. Gold is a gift you give to a king. Jesus is king. They gave him frankincense. Frankincense is worshiping God. The the smell, the smoke of the incense rising to God. This Jesus is the priest. He's the priest who opens to us the worship of God. And myrrh? Myrrh is the oil 
that you put on sores to heal them. Myrrh is a sign that this Savior King will suffer. Who was the comedian who used to talk about the, the wise men coming in and, and Mary, Mary says to the guy with the myrrh, you brought myrrh to a baby shower? Do you remember her? Myrrh is the symbol of suffering. This Savior King will be a human who suffers with us. The truth is that Jesus, the saving love of Jesus is for all of us. The truth is that Jesus, born in Bethlehem, lying in a manger, this Jesus, son of Joseph and Mary, this Jesus is priest, he's king, and he's someone who's going to suffer. I read that Pope Francis, when he talked about the epiphany, he applied it to our lives as human beings and he connected the, the wise men with us. And he said, first of all, in our experience, something stirs within us that makes us look up and look around. We're stirred within us. And then he said, we have to journey. We have to make the effort. We have to make the effort to understand, to see, to experience God. And then finally he says, we see. We see and recognize God's love for all of us. God's love for us as individuals. When we share the Eucharist, we're sharing an experience of the love of God. You know, the church today in, in the, the Catholic Church is trying to rebuild or renew faith in the Eucharist. A problem I have with the way they're doing it, they, they keep showing uh, pictures of benediction, of, of the monstrance with the white host. And if you are into benediction, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, please. When you call the bishop or email him, don't tell him I said it was bad. It's just... But what Eucharist is, isn't that white wafer in a gold case. Eucharist is this. When you picture Eucharist, I would hope that you would see all of us. All of us gathered for worship. When you picture Eucharist, I would hope that you see the word of God proclaimed, proclaimed with meaning and care. When you see the Eucharist, I hope that you see everybody coming to share the bread and the wine, the body and the blood of Christ, everybody. It's not a prize for being perfect. It's food to strengthen us to do good. And when we come to share the Eucharist, it's a journey, we make an effort. But when we leave the celebration, we have a mission. That's why we call it Mass, Misa. 
We have to go out and proclaim the kingdom to everybody we meet. How you do that, I'm not sure how you do it. I'm not sure how I do it. But we're called to proclaim the good news of God's love. And I would personally like to thank Father Charlie for his wonderful homilies over the year. They have inspired me. Thank you, sir. you sit down? <laughs> sit down for a minute. I thank you for your response that was very touching. As I look at you at this liturgy, this being my last mass here at Good Shepherd, uh, I realized again and again that I'm really going to miss you. And I will remember you. In, in my prayers. I leave here with mixed feelings. i be honest with you, I am angry and hurt by the people who went behind my back and over my head to complain to the bishop uh, about my ministry here. Uh, I'm going to ask, I need you to pray that I can let go of that stuff because I don't want to enter retirement with that crap in my head and in my heart. I asked, I was accused of being verbally abusive. And I asked somebody, well, what does verbally abusive mean? And they said, verbally abusive means that you yell at people. One of my favorite t-shirts is a t-shirt in red, white, and blue that says, I'm not yelling, I'm Croatian. So that's one of my favorites. I'm going to miss our liturgies here. I'm going to miss full, active, conscious, and enthusiastic participation in our worship and our prayer. I, I don't know that I'll find that in other places. I'm going to miss the readers of the word who proclaim with such faith and really inspire our faith. I'm, I'm going to miss the art and environment, the art and entertainment committee. I look around this church and, and what you do here is just amazing. And I'll miss seeing and praying with that stuff. I'm gonna miss our ministry of music. Uh, I know that here we sing every verse and probably makes you tired, but oh well, that's why, that's why we pay you the big bucks. <laughs> and singing is such an important part of worship. I'm going to miss our altar servers who change and grow and get better 
and, and you do such a great job, especially when I forget stuff and you remember and bring it to me. That You guys are really good at that. I'm going to miss the hospitality ministers, uh, even the ones who walk around all during Mass and bop around and open the door and shut the door and really distract the heck out of me. Uh, I'm going to miss even those hospitality ministers. I'm going to miss you all. Again, I ask your prayers. Pray that I can let go of the hurt and the anger, that it doesn't color my life. And know that I'm praying for you. Father Joseph is a really good guy, and you're going to like him. He's a Penn State fan. <laughs> no more hail to pit, but oh well. Be good to him. Be kind to him. And don't go behind his back. Don't go over his head. Please, if you have a problem, talk to him. Make that promise to me. I ask your prayers to let go of the hurt, the anger, and I promise you my prayers that you will come to know the perfect priest, Jesus Christ.